everyone. Welcome to episode 86 of the Utah Royals FC show. I'm Lucas Muller. I'm joined today by co-host Megan Webb, and we have a very special guest in Abby Smith. Um, if you don't know, Abby is on loan to the, uh, to the Western Sydney Wanderers in the W League. Um, it's her first time playing down in Australia, so it's a really fun conversation uh, speaking to her about her experience there as well as um, what 2019 was like for her with the Royals and what she's looking forward to in 2020. Um, but um, on the non-Abby Smith front, um, today Cindy Larab, uh broke the news that the Royals are hoping to have a new head coach in by February 1st. Um, that's a sooner date than we've heard previously from uh, owner Deloy Hansen. So that's exciting, um, something we're definitely looking forward to. Um, Scott Parkinson was one of the people interviewed, um, but there are other candidates um, for that position, both male and female. Um, I've heard some of them are names you might have heard if, you've, if you're familiar with the women's game. Um, so that's some big news. This is certainly um, a move that's going to have a huge impact for the Royals. Um, and we're we're looking forward to to whoever that is, and to we'll try to bring you an episode as soon as that news breaks. Um, yeah, but in the coming next few weeks, we're trying to do some more interviews with um, players and people within um, the organ the Royals organization. Um, so I just want to give you a heads up there that during this off season, you know, there's obviously no games to really cover, um, but we're going to try to do more focus on. Um, interviews. And so you're about to hear our first one with Abby Smith. Hello, everyone. Uh, We have a very special guest today making her third appearance for the Utah Royals FC show. We have uh, goalkeeper Abby Smith. Abby, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing really well. Um, Obviously, it's early morning in Sydney, so uh, warming up and it's actually like very beautiful outside. So I'm excited for the day. Awesome. Glad to hear it. Yeah, I know that time difference is, is real confusing. So I'm glad we could work this out. Um, also joined by Megan Webb today. Megan, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. I'm excited to be back on the podcast after a little bit of a hiatus and especially excited to get to talk to Abby again. So it should be a good show today. Yeah. So we'll just jump in. Um, Abby, you're down in Australia. This is your first time um, playing in the W League. What what has that experience been like so far? Kind of what were your expectations beforehand? Um, what have you thought about about the league? Um, so I've been loving it, honestly. Like it's been an incredible experience. Our entire coaching staff has been unbelievable. Dean Heffman and um, we have a pretty solid group of girls and like the staff has been amazing. They, this club is really invested in the girl side this year and you can really see it. Um, and they've taken care of us so well, like on, I have no negative things to say. It's been unbelievable. Um, honestly, like I don't, I don't even know, like I have like lost for words because I, I love being in Sydney. It's been amazing. And even more so, like, I've started love loving to play again <clears throat> since being here. And so it's been such an incredible experience. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, that's great to hear. Um, 
What have you liked most about being in Australia, you know, as a non, as, you know, just a person, not a player? Um, let's see. There's so much to do. Like even on, like we're in a suburb right outside of downtown and there's always something going on. We're right by Sydney Olympic Park. Um, so that's pretty incredible. Um, obviously with the fires that it's been pretty smoky. So I've been trying to stay inside and avoid that for the most part, but we've actually gotten a decent amount of rain. So that's helped, um, with that whole situation. Like it, the situation, the fire situation got pretty bad. Um, but like, it's been incredible to see like the whole country kind of in the, for the most part, the whole world kind of come together to try and help. Um, but like everyone here, like, loves Australia. Everyone's very laid back and um very understanding and like I I guess it's like if you think about it in the US everything's go 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 and they're like that here but you don't really see their stress. Hmm. So it's been like very it's very nice. <laughs> yeah. If that That's- makes sense. I'm like <laughs> that no, that does. Um, yeah. So I did want to ask about the brush fires. Um, has that affected like playing at all? I know it's you know obviously huge international news. Like it's a major crisis. It seems like it's getting a bit better. Um, but yeah, what is your perspective in there? Um, so we at like one point they they had said like the fires were normal because they normally like back burn just in case for the summers they try and prepare for that um but then it just progressively got out of hand um there's a lot of like it's not it's close to us but it's not as close um canberra is getting it pretty bad um the whole state honestly was like under fire and so like if the wind would pick up, the smoke would roll in. And um, if you all remember what it was like when California was on fire and the smoke was getting trapped in the valley, yeah, um, it, it was like that, but like 10 times worse. Hmm. Like the skies would be brown. Um, you, you immediately could feel it um, on your skin and your lungs. Your eyes would burn. Um and like even occasionally, like in our apartment, it would smell like smoke. And so, like obviously, it was when on those days it was really, really bad. But um, our club has been super, super cautious about it. They've actually like we had practice canceled a couple times um, on days that I didn't think were smoky, but they didn't want to risk it, and they were just like, "Look, like." we know what we want to do. Like, we just want to make sure your health and well-being is taken care of. And I think that's pretty rare to have like a coaching staff in a club be more worried about your health and well-being than like being on the field. Yeah. I mean, that's great. I remember, I think it was the summer of 2018. Maybe it was, um, summer of 20. No, it was, what about 2018? There was, um, yeah, really bad fires in California. And I remember there was, a game in um, 
it was against Seattle in Washington State. Yeah, that was like so bad, and people kept saying this needed to be canceled, and they never did. Just Wasn't it that one p.m. kickoff too? So it was super hot, and there was all the smoke, and they had to get like oxygen for the sidelines and stuff. Oh that yeah. Game? yeah, yeah, that game was that was a wild one. Yeah, it was. There's been a like we had games that were they were pretty smoky, but um, when like being here, like they've been very cautious of it. Um, it's kind of hard to like regulate it just because I don't think anybody's ever been in a situation where they know like, okay, this is the protocol. Um, but I think now they have, they definitely have a protocol after like seeing how bad it really got. Um, and we're still learning as we go. Like, obviously like it's really hard to kind of manage that. Cause like, you, if it's a TV game that like you have to, like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like if the wind blows a certain way, then it could be like clear skies or it could be covered in smoke. And it's so hard to judge that. Yeah. It's interesting when you have to think about not only kind of the chaos of dealing with like wildfires, but also how that affects athletes, how that affects a video, you know, a, a TV broadcast, like it's kind of a complicated problem and on so many levels. Oh yeah. Which I think they've handled it pretty well. Um, just because it, if all those moving parts like happen to align not properly, it can get pretty chaotic, but, um, like I said, like our staff has been unbelievable about it and like they've made sure that our well-being is something that they prioritize versus like us being a player. And I think that's like something that's so valuable and a lot of people could take that and really grow and it gets the players invested more. So, yeah, yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Like when you, you feel cared for by an organization, it's easier to feel you know, like feel some loyalty and um, appreciation back. Exactly. Um, yeah. So is, has there anything about living in Australia that, that caught you by surprise? I know for me, like watching W league highlights, hearing McDonald's referred to as Mackers was truly bizarre. So uh-huh. every shortened. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like afternoon is Arvo. I don't know Arvo? how that. Arvo, like A R V O. I don't know how that goes together, but huh, I've never heard that. Uh, there's a lot of things I've never heard. So um, Arvo is one of them for the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Macca's is McDonald's. Um, I'm trying to think. Just everything shortened. Hmm. Like sweatpants are called trackers, track or like trackies. Okay, um, like track suits, maybe. Yeah. Trackies. Yeah. Like yeah. a sweatshirt is a jumper. Yeah. And that, that seemed, that's like a Britishism as well. Right. And so but it seems, it, sounds weird. Yes. <laughs> it's definitely different. Um, but I think that everything's just shortened. So it's like you have to listen pretty carefully and use context clues. And then if you can't, like, there's been times where I'm looking, I'll look at somebody and be like, 
I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> and I just kind of laugh about it. And I was like, can you please explain this? Uh, or if there's a word that I don't know. And obviously like I found, I sound so stupid when I'm like, I, I have this clueless look. I'm like, yeah, I really need you to like slow down and explain a little bit. So yeah, I, my, my first time going to England, like, you know, I, I watch a lot of English shocker and listen to, you know, English shocker podcasts. And I'm like, I've got this, like, this is fine. And I remember being at like a pub and talking to uh, the bartender and he said something to me and I had to say like, what, two or three times. And I'm like, I just have no idea what you're, what you're saying. And I just never understood what he was saying. That's, that's definitely like relatable on so many different levels. But it, it makes it easier that it's an English-speaking country, so um, they just kind of laugh about it. Um, mm-hmm. Even with like language barriers, sometimes it can get a little difficult, but there's not really – I don't think there's much of one here. So, <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm always really impressed. Um, I don't know if like, you see this more on like, the RSL side, but like South American guys that come over like um, and that don't really speak English and – are able to just integrate with the team and um, play really well. Oh yeah. Which like credit to them because like it, it's hard to be uprooted and having like go, totally different country or like just like a different culture around you. And you have to figure it out as you go. Like you don't have an option. Yeah. So. Hmm. Well, so while you've been out there, have you seen any like current or, like gotten to spend time with current or even past teammates like gory or thirstness, I think is out there as well. Um, um, Elisa. Yes. So I, we when, uh, saw staying after Canberra for a little bit. And then I talked to Elisa for a bit. Um, we go to Adelaide. So Mallory, um, I'll get to see her. And then that's it. I think that's it. Yeah, that's, those are the only Royals or kind of Royals affiliated players I can think of. Megan, am I, are we missing anyone? I don't think so. I think you've got it. Not as many girls went down this year as last year. I feel like I think that's everybody that's there. Yeah, yeah. Only three of you this year, and I guess like Stangle is now with uh, the Dash, which is um, so it's kind of like just you and Mallory. Uh, yeah, you were last <laughs> summer. I think there were like six or seven. Yeah, there yeah, was quite there. a few. Corsi was here last year. Um, Low, Sid, Stang. Um, Did Taylor Lytle go down last year? I thought I think no. she might have. Well, no, I don't think so. I think it, uh. that could have been the year before. Oh, that might have been. I'm trying to think. I think that's it. Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> it wasn't that many. It felt like more. I feel like there, there's more. I feel like I'm missing. Yeah. I'm definitely missing some. Yeah, I think. <laughs> oh, Gunny was down there. Gunny, oh, yeah. yeah, she was. Oh. So I so, like go through the roster in my head. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, speaking of roster, you're playing with a good chunk of North Carolina Courage's roster. You've got um, Kristen Hamilton, Denise O'Sullivan, Lynn Williams. Yeah. Um, did you have? Did you know them well before? Um, before you went down there, um, so I knew Lynn from camp. 
Okay. Uh, just because we had been in and out of camp together. Mm-hmm. Um, or like the couple times that I would get called in, she was at the same camp and even the youth camps. Um, so I knew Lynn from that, but I didn't really know Kristen and, or Denise. But honestly, like it's it was pretty seamless. When we all got here, we all got along very easily. And it was just like, we all, I don't know. It just something, I think we all just kind of stuck together. Yeah. Do you ever just gently remind them that your team was the only team to beat them uh, in 2018? Um, it's come up a couple times, actually. It's pretty oh, that's, funny. That's but awesome. Then they turn around and rub it in that they win the championship. So They've done okay. Like, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, they just casually slip that in there. And I was yeah. like, oh. <laughs> "Fair when enough, you, I'm done." <laughs> when you practice when you practice with them, or you're like just taking notes for for the next uh, NWSL season. Like, okay, this is their tendency. This is how I how I block them. <laughs> well, I feel like it's I don't know, like playing against them. I think it's, it's against them. It's different in the states versus here. So, like, they still have the same tendencies, but, uh, like, here we're joking around a little bit more to where, like, we have some banter versus, like, back home. It's, like, very serious. So. Then that makes sense. Yeah. It's been pretty good, though. I honestly, like, I think it'll be really good for them in the next couple years, like, They've done very, very well. And Denise is such a good player. Um, I feel like she, North Carolina really values her. And I feel like um, the league, (laughs) I don't know how to say this. Like she does so much work on the field for us here. And I'm starting to realize like, how much work she actually does for North Carolina as well, because she is such a solid player. I could not speak more highly of Denise O'Sullivan. So yeah, that's, that's awesome to hear. Um, yeah. She, she just got, did she score a goal recently for um, the Wanderers? <laughs> yeah. She scored against Canberra. So she played, she actually played against Can- with Canberra last year. So that's right. it was like a, a sweet moment for her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a good goal. I, I watched the highlights recently and I was like, Oh, that was, that was a good finish. I think that was her first goal. I th- yeah. I think you're right. I'm looking at her stats right now and there's nothing listed, but what was that? I think that was her first one. I think that's what she said. Yeah. I'm just laughing about the situation. I'm like replaying it in my head. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. So moving away from Australia, um, the past, you know, in 2018, you were definitely the starting keeper for the Royals. Um, and then you didn't see any minutes in 2019. Um, it seems like that would be kind of a tough experience. What What was that like for you as a player? Um, obviously it was like the, not ideal. It was very, very difficult. Um, and I think that's something that 
I had to like really take into consideration like coming out here, I needed to get games and I needed to get minutes. Um, last year was definitely like the hardest year that I've probably ever been through just like on and off the field. Um, a lot of family stuff was going on and then obviously like not playing just like was the icing on the cake. Um, so I think last year I can say as a whole was just like rough. (laughs) Um, and I think it's a growing experience for me, like just because this is something that I like had to really like take, take as a gut check. Um, but also like really opened my eyes on like, just because I'm not playing doesn't mean you have to be a terrible teammate. Like you take the situation and you make the best of it. And so like, I really had to try and be the best teammate that I could be. And also like, pour into the community just because um they were doing so much to like really support us um and I think it kind of gave me an opportunity to really like take a step back and like show that I really did like being in Utah but the tough situation made it a little harder yeah that totally makes sense um well yeah, I did want to ask about it. seems like you did a lot with the RSL Foundation and just in the community. Can you kind of speak to like what you were involved with and kind of where your passion there lies? Yeah, so um, with the foundation, they kind of opened this door of like giving me the opportunity to like visit elementary schools, middle schools, um, and kind of provide them with like exercise equipment such as soccer balls. Um, and so we would go to like, since I stayed there in the office, if I could get words out, sorry. Um, (laughs) um, I would go to the elementary schools in the off season and kind of encourage them to be active or um, to not bully or to be more inclusive and, um, kind of talk about my experience through sports. And I think that was something that I, I thoroughly enjoyed because I think education is super important. Um, and so that was something that I really took to heart. So like whenever I got a chance to visit in a school, I would, and I would do it in a heartbeat. Um, and I think that's something that I want to do even more this year. I think I, I got to a decent amount of schools, but I, I want to try and do more, um, just like do more in general. And we also did the goals for girls. And so I, I was helping provide soccer balls for the goals for girls when they would come over, um, just for the week summit. And, yeah, so I tried to do that as much. I think um, I think this upcoming year, something that I really want to try and do is either like work at uh, Ronald McDonald House or help with the homeless in Salt Lake just because um, I feel like that there's a very high population um, that's there. And I think that's something I really want to – um, 
just kind of tap into and see how they're doing. Yeah, that's all really cool to hear. I mean, that's seems like really important and really meaningful work. And like, I love when you kind of hear people talk about connecting soccer to like the rest of life to more meaningful to to more meaningful things to growth um, and personal development. So that's that's really fantastic. Oh yeah, which like I think soccer is super super important, and it's an easy it's an easy connection with the kids because they that's what they do in PE or that's what they do when they go home. And so I think being able to have that through the RSL foundations, I, it was unbelievable. Um, but I also think there's a lot of like, un there's a lot of areas that are untapped in Salt Lake uh, because like we always, I feel like we always try and, connect soccer somehow but I think there's there's places that may not have that soccer connection but you can still be a part of that community and I think that's something that we could tap into yeah absolutely um I think that that sounds really cool um (laughs) so can you I'm not even really familiar what what is uh, goals for girls and kind of what's what are they tra- hoping to accomplish so it's a leadership summit for girls in india um basically taking initiative and trying to set the bar for the community that they're in so they're coming from all over and they use their connection and the love for soccer to build their leadership skills um kind of there's different projects that they focus on and um, yeah, that's, that's kind of like the main gist of it. And they try and, they try and really benefit the girls that are part of goals for girls. Um, and it just happened that like, we really want to grow that area of like having, having, teenage girls um, take initiative for the area that they're in and really um, kind of really taking pride in that. So um, Goals for Girls is a really, really good organization. And I think we're, I'm not 100% sure like what the plan is for the upcoming year, but I know we're, we're trying to encourage more leadership action. Hmm. Now, if we have listeners that um, want to learn more or want to get involved, are there any resources out there that they can they can find? Um, I think the <laughs> I want to say the RSL Foundation is kind of like a underlying connection. Okay. If, like anybody wants to reach out that way, but then at the same time, um, I think they have their own website. Let me see. G4G. Um, let me let me look this up. Okay. I can tweet it or actually I'm not that active on Twitter. So I'm yeah, going to take if, one back. If you want to just send me a link, uh, we can send it out from the show account. And if anyone's interested in learning more, um, that might be a really nice resource for, for people to have. Yeah. Oh, it's goals for girl, goals for girls dot org 
That's simple enough. Yeah, I was like, that's simple. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing about that. It's really, that's really cool to hear. Um, yeah. So moving back kind of into the soccer side, uh, what are your hopes for, for 2020? Do you have any specific goals or, um, yeah, kind of what are you looking forward to in this next NWSL season? Um, obviously this upcoming year, like I want to come in strong and really, um, I want to play obviously like that's, a big goal of mine because like we we do this we love the game but at the end of the day our reward are games and so that's obviously a goal of mine um but I think this upcoming year I want my overall happiness to be better I need to have like um a healthier um headspace so I think that's going to be super essential I'm not gonna i I really need to like emphasize on my headspace being clear and um, having my own space where I can kind of separate if I really need to, um, because that was something that really helped me get through last year is have like going back to my own space and just kind of kind of like clearing my thoughts because I think last year my head was racing the entire time. And I don't, I don't think it was healthy for myself. Um, so I think this upcoming year is going to be super essential for like my headspace and my mentality to be clear and obviously to earn, um, playing time. Yeah. I mean, it seems like keepers and, um, strikers are kind of similar in that so much of what you guys do, um, is, is mental. Um, and not that other players don't need that, but like confidence is so key. Um, like how do you bounce back from a rough game or even in game? If like you conceded a goal that, you know, you you're capable of saving and that must frustrate you. Like how do you get in a better headspace, like in those moments and then outside of the game? Um, I think in the moment you can't really focus on your past mistake because if you do, then you're just going to, it's just going to snowball. Um, obviously like after the game, you can reflect on it and like review it and go over it with the coach and everything like that. But in the moment you can't really focus on, Oh man, I just like drop your head and just messed up and everything like that. Um, but at the same time, like confidence is so key. And I think that's something like if, your confidence is low. Like you, you have to find a way to get it back and it may not be easy, but you focus on the little things. If you're doing something well, like give yourself a compliment. Um, if, if you don't feel like you're, anything's going your way, like just give a hundred percent effort. Like no one should ever say that, um, just because you're not playing well, you're not trying hard. And, just because you're not playing well, you're not being a good teammate. So I think that's something that is super important for um, when you're lacking confidence or even when you have confidence is to build it in someone else. Um, yeah, but, that makes sense. Yeah. So I don't know if that's helpful. But no, that is. Um, that definitely answers the question. Um, 
Yeah, it's, you know, I go to practice probably once a month and um, kind of watch you guys and try to get a sense of how the team's going. And from from what I can see as an outsider, it does seem like you're, you know, you're playing well, you're invested. It's a really unique situation that you're in that, um, you know, you've got Nicole Barnhart, who's also on the team, who's the oldest player in the league, but an absolute legend um, and is a very incredible, you know, keeper. Um, is part of the decision of going to the um, W League just to stay sharp and try to kind of earn back that that starting spot for 2020? Yeah, like that was obviously something that I needed to um, evaluate on my career. I think it was something that I needed to get games, and that's for a goalkeeper, games are what make you better because you learn to read things. You learn based off of the experience, and I think that's something that um, I definitely missed out on this past year. So, because I'm I'm only 26, so obviously, like with these upcoming years, are supposed to be quote unquote uh, my prime. So, like in order for me to keep progressing and getting better, I needed to get games, and also like I needed to come somewhere where I was going to be happy playing and. Um, kind of have a little bit more fun while doing it and kind of see like what this experience was going to be like. I've always heard like really good things about the W League and I wanted to kind of take part in that. So that was kind of like one of my decisions about coming over here. And my husband's been super supportive about the whole thing. And he was actually like before – any of this had really like gone through. He was like, we'll make it work. Just go over there, have fun and um, just keep playing and trying to figure out like, he was just so supportive in the whole situation. We're trying to figure it all out as we go day by day. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great to hear. Um, yeah. I mean, I've watched uh, highlights of every one of um, uh the wonders games and like, you're still playing very well. Like it's, it's been kind of funny to not see you play for a year and then be like, Oh yeah. Like she still has it. Like she's still a very, very good keeper and a keeper, you know, you'd probably start at most other teams in the league. Um, but yeah, I think, I think everyone's kind of excited to see what happens in, in this next season. Um, but I, I read that you picked up a knee injury. Um, uh, I'm just curious, like how how how's that recovery been going? Do you have any time frame on when you'll be back? Um, I'm good actually. Like it's, you know, how when a ball just catches off your toe and it hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that basically happened. Um, it was okay. during the game where Brisbane, where we weren't playing our best, and it was a near post shot, and the ball just happened to catch my foot wrong and mm. twisted, and so. Um, I just picked up like a little thing. Um, okay. So not your knee then. No, it's my knee, but it like twisted. Um, you know how, like if it catches your foot wrong and then it irritates your knee. Yeah. Gotcha. Solid that, that thing's solid. And which like Mm -hmm. my knee is pretty solid. It's just, um, being cautious, being very, very cautious. And like, I, I don't want any lingering injuries going from season to season. And so um, we're just making sure everything's all good. And um, 
taking it easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, smart. Is that the same knee? Is that you had a knee injury that kept you out of one of the breaker seasons for much of it, right? Yeah. So I ruptured my patella tendon my rookie season, um, which was a not fun. Um, yeah, I would imagine it's not. So like I, I didn't tear anything else. I just shredded the tendon. Um, so that was pretty rough. But um, outside of that, I've been pretty fortunate, knock on wood, with um, everything else just because I feel like that's been – like after that happened, I really like focus – I had to focus on like my body and what my body was telling me. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I'm, I'm sure you've heard, but there's a coaching vacancy at, uh, at the Royals. Um, did Laura, did Laura leaving come as a surprise to you or was that something, you know, the players were kind of aware of was a possibility? Um, I think it was a surprise to everybody. Um, obviously like it was, the timing is rough just because the draft was right around the corner. Um, but yeah, I think everybody was pretty surprised just because like we we didn't end the season the way we wanted it to, and so like our our staff made it very clear that they were going to go in the off season and really reflect on this past year um, because this upcoming year like we I think we need to it needs to be a better year. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to progress and we want to, our goal is obviously to win a championship. And in order to do that, we have to make some changes. Um, not anything like drastic, but like, even if it's like a mentality change. Um, and I think that was something that they were really working on in the off season. So to hear the news of that, um, we're having a coaching change. It was, a, um, it was surprising for a lot of people. Um, yeah. So when there's a vacancy, um, like at your team in like the head coach role, like what are your thoughts as a player? Do you feel nervous? Do you feel excited for something new? Do you have anyone in mind? You're like, oh, this person would be so great. Um, like, do you are do you talk to the front office about those things? Um, no, not really. So obviously, we talk to our GM staff and our assistant coaches that are still there that are still like because they're st- they still have their job so like the work doesn't stop um just because Laura had left doesn't mean that we're not still grinding it out um and but at the same time like we are we're there to show up on the field and take care of business and um they make sure everything's going well and they have it all under control at that at the point like I'm all the way in Australia so it's for me like to stress about there's controllables and uncontrollables it's Mm -hmm. an uncontrollable and so I don't want to stress about it if that makes sense oh yeah that that definitely makes sense um just because it it's kind of it's out of my hands um Steph is our GM and she she's got it all under control. She's going to, the organization is going to make sure that like we're the most prepared coming into preseason and where we can focus on that. 
So with the um, college draft, uh, are you watching that closely as it happens? I, I mean, it was the morning here, so it's probably you wake up to the news of. Oh, I was wide awake at that point. Um, my parents were actually flying in. They were supposed to fly in at 6 a.m. So I was up at 5.45, I think, um, which their flight ended up being delayed. But um, since their flight was delayed, I was like, well, I might as well stay in tune with what's going on back in the States. And we drafted a Longhorn. So <laughs> we're bringing another Texas girl to Utah. <laughs> I was going to ask about that. Um, so you would say that the 2020 championship is pretty much wrapped up at this point. Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, we obviously want to win a championship, but I'm so excited to have another UT alum. Well, she's almost a UT alum, but another UT player. Mm-hmm. Um, I am incredibly proud of Sierra Henson. She's definitely put her stamp on the game back at UT. And um, it's been a while since we've had a player drafted and come into the league. And so I think it's really good for her. Um, It's really good for our organization in Utah. And it's also really good for UT as our university. Um, I take a lot of pride in UT I love Austin and I love um, that school and Ange Kelly is the coach there. And I still talk to her. Um, I still talk to the staff and obviously like I'm, this is sad to say, but I'm like four, five years removed now. Um, But like, I'm still like a big supporter. Every time I go home, I try and make it out to at least one game and, but I watch them online. So i I'm That's a big, very cool. I'm a big fan of my school, so yeah, they're close to my heart. <laughs> nice. Well, that's really exciting. Um, I did see that you were born in Portland, Oregon. Is that that right? Yeah. So I'm curious, yeah. like, what's what's your family's connection to Oregon? Because I'm from Salem and went to college in Portland before moving to Salt Lake. Oh, nice. I nice. used to actually go to Salem to visit with my grandma. So okay. my mom. My mom's side of the family, um, so like my mom and grandpa and all of them were all like my mom grew up in Oregon, um, and then that's where my parents met because they my dad worked for Nike for fifteen years, um, and that's I think that's how my parents met was through Nike, um, and so. Yeah, that's how I ended up being born in Portland. And then um, we, after a couple of years, they moved to Dallas just because of relocation. And now my grandma lives with my parents in Dallas. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's, um, for a really long time, I would go back, we would go back and forth between Portland and Dallas and um, visit a lot. Because my I was super super close with um, my grandma and grandpa, so very yeah. cool. <laughs> well, I think probably the question that's been on most of our listeners' minds is how has uh, Jace been? Oh, he's so good, so good. I miss him so much. Oh, he's such a gem. I honestly like 
<laughs> this is going to sound so insane, but I don't even care. So whenever I'm FaceTiming my husband back home, I, the first question is, how's Jace? What's he doing? Where is he at? And um, there was a couple of times where when I was like trying to get Jace's attention, because obviously it's a screen, so he's over it. Um, but there was a couple of times his ears would perk up. And then I think there's been two or three times where I've been FaceTiming. He'll hear my voice and he'll perk up. And it makes me so sad because he'll look at the front door to think that I'm coming home. Oh, um, that is sad. And then there was another time that he <clears throat> he licked the, the FaceTime camera because he saw me and it Aww. it made me really sad um he's so cute i cannot wait to have him back <laughs> yeah i was in europe for almost three weeks um for work in like october and um like my wife and i we have two cats and a dog i don't think the cats miss me at all but um cats are so independent like I, I do really like our cats. We have great cats, but like they don't really care if I'm gone. Whereas like we would, I would FaceTime with my wife and I would like say my dog's name and he would like turn his head sideways and try to figure out what was going on. And it was super cute. And I definitely miss my wife more, but it was closer than I would have thought. I don't know if you can relate to that. But Oh yeah. Like I, I just feel like the, the connection you have with your animals is so different. Mm-hmm. They're just so loving all the time. Maybe not cats as much, but <laughs> like I miss Jay so much. And I'm like, what what have I been doing with my life? Like why I feel insane for how much I miss him. So, but the, I don't know. There's something about your animals that it just, it's a new level. Yeah, it's a really unique connection and a relationship that like is is different than, you know, with people and it's yeah, it's really special. Oh yeah. Which I I wanna get another dog, but I don't know <laughs> how to go down that route yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what yeah, what does uh when do you expect to be back in the US? Like I assume you're probably going to Texas before Utah. Yeah, so I um, sorry, I just dumped out a bag. Um, <laughs> um, I need to go to Texas because I still have all my stuff there. Um, it was coming to Sydney was like a super last minute thing. Hmm. Um, and when I say last minute, it was like a within 72 hours. Um, wow. and that would be like a generous 72 hours. (laughs) Um, so all my stuff was still like packed up and not really sorted through. Um, so I need to go back to Texas and get a lot of my stuff. Like, for example, I had like five t-shirts when I came to Australia for five months. I was like, that was poor planning on my part. (laughs) Uh, and so, yeah, I have to go to Texas for a couple days. Um, Obviously, it would. It's going to be nice because I can see my family. Um, but then turn a quick turnaround, head up to Utah, and um, kind of go from there. Because I don't really. We obviously are trying to win a championship here, and mm-hmm. 
which that means there's going to be an overlap with preseason. Okay. Uh, I was wondering how that would work because I think you guys are second in the table, have had a really strong season, um, but obviously the postseason extends that. Right. Um, which, like, Utah has been so supportive of it um, just because I am getting games and I'm getting training every day. Um, so, like, they've been all about me being over here and training and playing. And so it really just depends. Like, right now, my I'm, like, the end of March. Um, okay. So... Yeah, just playing it day by day, honestly. But gotcha. Now that's the plan. Um, well, last time you were on the show, one thing that came up was you were halfway through your master's in education. Are you still pursuing that? And if so, how's that been going? Oh, um, <laughs> I had taken a long pause on my master's in education. They. Actually, I was checking on it the other, I want to say like a couple months ago, and they stopped providing that program. So all those credits are now gone. Um, Mm, That's not probably ideal. Not ideal, but I actually, um, Western Governors University is uh, partnered up with us um, as a team. That's right. And so I actually like reached out to them to start schooling back up. And so I'm actually like taking, I'm taking classes in to get my MBA. Oh, okay. That's a shift. Yeah. Like I was about to say it's a complete shift, but um, I think it'll be good. I like, I am enjoying it so far. Um, hmm. I'm you've already begun. Work. <laughs> I'm sorry. You've already you've already started the program. Yeah, so I started back in September. Oh wow! So, yeah. um, what went into the decision to shift from education to like a master's of business? Um, I think with business, it's a little bit more well rounded. Um, if I, I think if I need to, um, with education, you kind of you learn as you go, and then if you really want to go focus in a, like a certain area of education, um, I think the master's would be more, more beneficial. And at the time, like I didn't really have any teaching experience, so I didn't know a certain area that I would want to focus on. Um, like in the classroom, I mean, okay. And so I think having an MBA, I can, it's a little bit more well-rounded and, business, um, accounting, economics, uh, managing like management. So I don't know. I think it's a little bit different, but at the same time, like I I'm enjoying it. So it's a switch for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Is there anything specific you want to go into like post playing or is it just, it's a well-rounded degree and it gives you a lot of options. Yeah. So it's more of like a, it's a well-rounded degree. So I have a lot of options. Um, and it's also like keeping me busy. It's keeping my mind going. So, um, obviously like I need to shift and be better about my schoolwork. Um, obviously being five years removed is not 
it's not easy. Because <laughs> I, there's times where I'm like, I just want to sit and watch Netflix. Yeah. But now I have to like prioritize doing schoolwork over watching TV, which is not a hard switch, but sometimes it's not ideal. Yeah. I just, I remember when I first graduated college and being like, getting off work and be like, I don't have anything like lingering over my head that I have to do. It'd be hard to give up that freedom after, you know, five years. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's weird because it's like, there's days where it's really easy to do schoolwork. And then there's days where I'm like, I could just sit here and not do anything. Um, but like, yeah, like when, when you go and you're like, I have so much free time after work, it's so nice. But now it's re restructuring that. <laughs> I'm getting there. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Well, um, I didn't have any other questions. Uh, we have some listener questions. Uh, Megan, did you have anything you wanted to add? Uh, no, not really. It's um, My mom just got her master's from Western Governors, so good program. Oh, yeah. They're pretty easy to work with. So from everything I've oh, heard, yeah. they're really a really good program to go through. That's yeah, really all my comments were. <laughs> <laughs> Western Governor has been honestly the most ideal program to work with because they're they've been so understanding. Yeah, and oh. it's a pretty it's a pretty flexible program too, which is was what's really helpful for her because she's a teacher, so she was getting it in education, um, and oh, so working full time job, and then she'd come home and do school, and it was it was really good for her to have that flexibility with it. Oh, for sure, um, and I feel like they really. They really, really value um, the people that are working and are trying to get their education on top of that because they understand that sometimes it's just a little difficult. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Uh, Do you want to move into listener questions then, Lucas? Yeah, let's do it. The first one um, comes from former co-host RJ Allen, who... um, writes for Soapbox and and runs Beckland Soccer. Um, So RJ has two questions. The first um, is, dream Indibuso backline non-Royals players. So I take that to mean, like, you've got a defensive line that can't be, like, current or past teammates. Like, who who would those players be? That's that's such a good question, but a hard answer, uh, or a hard question to answer. Um, just because like, if you think about it, like there's so many players in the league and everybody has like really good qualities. So like, if I were to have to like narrow it down, um, I, I think it would be really hard just because I would be like, well, this player is good at this, but then this player is really good at this. And then the list goes on and on. And then you end up, it's becomes more than four people. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah, feel like that, fair. that could definitely create a problem if I were to be like well now we have 50 people in the back line so this could be interesting <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that might break some rules yeah <laughs> um and That's, then her what? next oh go ahead oh I was about to say what's the next question <laughs> yeah so um RJ asked what is your what a burger order okay, I'm going to break a lot of people's hearts and make everybody really upset. I can't tell you the last time I had Whataburger. So Are I don't you even from Texas? Yeah. Does Skylar know that? 
<laughs> Doesn't yeah. she love Whataburger? Yeah, she thrives off of. She <laughs> loves it. She thrives whenever she sees it. I honestly can't. I was probably in high school. I mean, that's I probably had... a good answer for a professional player to give. So, no. Yeah, I, I. If I'm gonna go out to eat, I love sushi. That is like my weakness. Hmm. Where in Salt Lake do you get good sushi at? Um, I go to Tsunami just because it's really easy. Mm. Um, they have a couple locations. Um, Takashi's obviously like everyone's go-to, but I like Tsunami. Is Takashi the one that Beltran's father-in-law owns? I think so. I think I think you're right, Lucas. I'm pretty sure that's that's Tony's dad. Yeah. Okay. You know more than I do, so. <laughs> it sounds right, so I'm going to say that I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Okay. I'll believe you. I. <laughs> you could have said anybody, and I would have been like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we do have a shout-out from Virat Joe. He was kind of bummed that he couldn't be on because obviously he's talked to you a couple times, but he just wanted to thank you for coming on again. And he also had to shout out Lucas and say how great he is. But so Virgil just wanted to say, thank you as do we, we're very grateful. You were willing to come on again for the third time. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, it's super easy. I feel like y'all, y'all make this so easy and you're easy to talk to. So it's like not ever a problem. I would- no, thank you. Yeah, like, we we try just, to make it not miserable for you. <laughs> like y'all are like easy to talk to, and it's fun. And I feel like if it's if it's that easy, and like y'all make it as lighthearted as it is, then like there's no reason not to. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks. Um, next question um, is from Seon. Uh, he asks, uh, "Do we see ourselves as a playoff team this time around?" Also, uh, can you say if we're going to have any international signings anymore, any sneak peek in the department that will be highly appreciated, uh, would be highly appreciated. Um, uh, will Laura's absence be a humongous problem for us? Um, sorry for too many questions. <laughs> <laughs> that was about to say, okay. Do you want me to list them off one at a time? When you cram so many questions into like, one and you're like okay and go <laughs> so first one is uh are the royals a playoff team this time around i sure hope so um obviously like we we have some work to do and we're going to go back to the drawing board because we we need to kind of refocus and reevaluate some things um but then we we're obviously like that's our goal is to be first we want to do well in the season. Um, we want to get better and we want to push for playoffs and win a championship. So we, we have to go back to the drawing board and really um, evaluate that. Makes sense. Um, next one. Uh, will there be any international signings anymore? I have no idea. I am the worst person to ask because I, like I said, like, I try and keep like a clear headspace. And so if that means like I don't pay attention to any social media or um, what's going on, I'm very much like, this is going to sound bad in my own world when it comes to that stuff. 
Um, obviously, like I pay attention when stuff does come up, but I'm not the person to go like digging through to find something. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, the third and final question uh, from from him is: uh, Will Laura's absence be a humongous problem? Um, I don't think so. Because like we our staff is still intact. Like we still have um Scott and Jason Batty and Amy. So like we still have people that are there that are still working and like pushing to get our goals there, um, uh, to go our goals where we need to be and um still like having the off season plans go through. Um we still have Steph as our GM, like I think I think we're still in good hands. Like, obviously, like, they're taking care of everything, so we don't have to stress about it. Um, So, like, I think at the end of the day, like, yes, it's unfortunate, like, the timing and that she's leaving, but it's a great opportunity for her, and um, it's a great opportunity for the staff that we have to really pull through. I feel like that's a solid enough answer to that. Just it's we were all really like as as you said you were we were all surprised that it happened so suddenly. But I think you make a really good point. You've got somebody like Scott that's going to come in and hopefully make an impact. As though currently interim, we'll see as a head coach for a little bit. Right, and like I feel like it's it's a good opportunity for us to have some change because change is is inevitable um and so i think this is this is a good start for um it's a new year so we can't really focus on the fact that laura's leaving because it's she's she's doing what's best for her career um and we have to keep going forward because the league's going to start soon and we can't just focus on the fact that she's leaving Definitely. Um, and then I guess we'll go on to our next listener question. It's from Lissa and she first wanted to say thank you for all that you've done in the community the last couple of seasons. Uh, just she was really appreciation appreciative of your compassion and generosity. Um, and then she asks, what are some tidbits of advice you give to a young boy or girl considering making the leap to playing uh, goalkeeper your position? Um, yeah. Uh, first off, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, the community is super important to me. So I feel like it's definitely, it's super easy giving back. Um, but some advice that I, I would give a younger keeper or like a keeper that potentially would strive to be in the league is to really value your training. Um, focus on the little things like technique is super important. Um, you can rely on your athleticism for a lot of things, but if you can break down your technique and really focus on that, um, I think it's going to be super important um, in the long run because you're creating those good habits. So I feel like it's, if you can hammer down technique and get that um, like footwork and handling and um, making sure you have those good habits, I feel like you're, you'll improve and um yeah cool um last question that we have uh the royal brune um probably not the real name but who knows uh, <laughs> do you have a favorite hiking spot in utah oh that's a good one 
I had a whole list of places that I really wanted to go to, and then it got way too hot, so I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I really, I'm trying to think where, I went to the flag, um, oh, what is the name of the place? I'm mad at myself for forgetting this. Um, I went to, there was a hike called... Flags post? No. Let's see. If I could only find the location of this. I'm going through my phone because it's in Farmington. Oh, man. I'm mad at my phone. It's like a pretty easy hike, but it's in Farmington. I went with Colette Smith. I feel like... Um, is it Flag uh, Rock? Yes, it there is? you okay. go. It's like looking up ones in Farmington. Flag Rock, then that's what we're going. going um, that it looks really pretty cool. from the pictures. Oh, yeah. It was really cool being able to see like over um, just like a different area of Salt Lake. Um, I also, there was one I wanted to go to. I think I've been to Blood Lake. I thought that was really cool. Oh, yeah. um, that area is beautiful. Yeah. It's it's honestly like I don't think you can find a bad hiking spot in Salt Lake. Yeah. The hard thing is big and little cottonwood are incredible, but you can't take your dog. I know that that's why I haven't gone hiking there. <laughs> yeah. Which I would love to go, but if I can't I feel guilty going hiking without bringing Jace. I'm exactly the same way. I I love to hike and camp and I used to spend a lot of time in big and little cottonwood and can't remember the last time I was up that way just because I feel guilty if I don't bring my dog. Yeah. And like they love being outside, so I'm not going to leave him inside so I can go enjoy being outside. Like that's just, that's not how I I roll. So I, (laughs) I'm going to bring him whenever I can. Yeah. There's a, I'm trying to think. There's another hike that I take Jace to quite a bit, and you can oversee a lot, or like you can see over um, Salt Lake. Um, oh man, I, I'm like visualizing. I know how to get there. <laughs> Is it in the foothills in that area, like kind of behind the U? No, it's a little bit further. I want to say it's in Cottonwood Heights. Okay. Hmm. Um, I'm, hmm. I'm, so, I'm like really frustrated that I'm blanking on all these places that I've gone hiking and I, I mainly go to that one because it's super easy to hike. Well, it's not an easy hike because one, I am just, I thought it was going to be easy and it wasn't. Oh, is it but, the one that's like right in front of, uh, like next to Parley's Canyon and Mill Creek that like is really vertical kind of, and you have like that really incredible view. I think so. I'm trying to remember. Um, there's that. like a, oh, I, when I've gone a couple times, I've seen people like sledding and skiing down the, this area. Wow. So like, if that says anything at all about like it not being easy, I was like, mm. Mm. Um, I did see, I did go to living room. I thought that 
if that's considered easy, I don't know what people are doing. <laughs> because I was like, this is actually kind of hard. So... <laughs> I've never done that hike. I, I'm not even sure. I know it's somewhere close to like to you, but I I'm not sure where it is. It's um it's honestly like right behind the U. There's a, a main trail that is kind of above it looks like a the trail is like a big, big footpath. Um and then it the living room hike just kind of tr- goes off of that. Okay. So it the parking was pretty easy to get to and um yeah that one I thought was Jace didn't like that one mm. <laughs> he kept stopping and it was pretty hot so that was not not a good day for him <laughs> he was done yeah. <laughs> have you gotten uh, have you gotten into the the Uintas at all um I actually went camping in the Uintas and it was really fun until I got rained on. Yeah. And then um like the next day it was really hot. So we got a little bit of both when we went camping. But I'm trying to think like we we were only there for like two days. I'm also like not the most expert at camping. Like I'm let's just say like I'm I'm still new to the whole um camping lifestyle, which I love it. I love being outside mm-hmm. and everything, but um I still got some work to do. <laughs> let's just say that. Yeah, you um, all really transformed me into someone who thought I enjoyed the outdoors to being like an avid camper and you know, like not I'm not the most outdoorsy, but I feel like I spent a good chunk of time outside. Oh yeah. Like it's I think when you're in this environment where you wake up and you see the mountains every day and you're like, Oh my gosh, they're like right there. <laughs> and yeah. they're beautiful all the time. It makes you want to be outside and I think that's something that is re- it's really convenient. Oh, but I found the hike. It's Neff's Canyon. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I've heard awesome. of that one. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard, especially when you start like the initial burn is okay, like when you first get there. But once you get a little bit further back and it's straight up, not not the most ideal. Yeah, it's kind of deceiving. Like you think it'll be kind of chill and then it's it's not. Yeah. They categorize the they have two different so Neff's Canyon on all trails has two different ones. And one's easy and one's hard. And I'm like, in order to get to the hard part, you, like, it's still the same trail. <laughs> you just don't go as far back. So it's still hard, even though they consider it easy. Mm. So I was like, eh. Jace loved it, though, because when um, there was a couple times we went hiking in the snow. So he he thrives in the snow. <laughs> But, um, yeah, that one, that one is deceiving and it definitely sneaks up on you. <laughs> yeah. I would recommend it for anybody that wants a challenge <laughs> and please give me feedback on where else to go. Like new hiking spots. I'm about it. Yeah. We can, uh, we'll definitely have to keep our ears out for that and we'll send some your way. 
Yeah, dog-friendly hiking spots. <laughs> yeah, that is key. And that's why oh. I like that you went to so much is my dog can just be off-leash for like days at a time and he just loves it. Oh, yeah. That's okay. I'm going to have to check out the Uintas more then. Yeah, I'll send you some – there are some that uh, – a couple hikes that are less popular but not too bad and you get to go to some lakes and um, – like my dog loves the water, and so it's like a perfect situation. Oh, Jace doesn't like the water until he's like forced into it, and then <laughs> after that, it's hard to get him out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my my dog's a black lab mix, so he's any chance he can be wet, he goes for. Oh yeah, it's like labs are for sure water dogs. You would think that they're fish. Yeah, <laughs> in their second life, they would be fish. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Cool. Well, um, Megan, did you have anything else? Uh, no, I think we covered everything. Awesome. Well, Abby, thanks so much for making the time. We really appreciate you having having you on again. Um, and yeah, have a great. Um, I guess it's still still your morning. Oh yeah, it's only it's nine twenty in the morning. That, so, on it's we're recording Tuesday afternoon in Salt Lake, and or Monday afternoon in Salt Lake, and it's Tuesday for you. That still blows my mind. Isn't that crazy? It's like. Whenever I FaceTime somebody, I'm like, I'm in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that person. I'm like, yeah, I've said that joke about 10 times and I laugh every time. So I, w- I would make that joke too. It's okay. <laughs> it's like, why not? If they haven't heard it, I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. And um, yeah, we'll be back uh, next week. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course. Anytime.